Hello and welcome to episode 5. My name is Tim and I am your host of Theology Taco. So today we're going to be talking about grace. And speaking of grace, it is by the grace of God that I'm even able to get this episode done because I've been so busy with schoolwork uh, due to going back to seminary. So I've been busy. So I wanted to do something a little bit different this time. I wanted to open up with a story about grace. Story time with Tim. So here is my story. Uh, a few years ago, I was going to a different church. And at that church, I met this man and we became friends. And he was telling me this story about one Sunday he was uh, in line to get a coffee or muffin at, at, at his church. Uh, it was a big church. So we had the, they had this cafe thing. Anyways, that's not important. While I was in line, this woman came in and she had a boatload of tattoos. A lot of these tattoos he told me weren't that great. It was, uh, they were maybe tattoos that uh, not a professional tattoo artist made. And she was also wearing these clothes that he thought were very inappropriate to wear to church. So he kind of was like, you know, judging her. But, you know, something happened a few few months later, actually. He was telling me that that woman was baptized. So he told me that he, was, he felt like all of this conviction and um, shame really for judging this woman because she made a, a bold choice going in into the church knowing you know knowing what she looked like and knowing that she had a past but some guy that saw her walk in there judged her based upon her looks and uh if if i'm going to tell the truth here that person wasn't my friend it was me so I learned a valuable lesson on the day that she got baptized. And that lesson was about grace, extending grace. And, um, you know, of course, the Bible talks about grace quite a bit. And it's in the Bible that we learn about grace. For it is grace, it is by grace that you have been saved. And uh, I'm flipping the pages of my Bible because when I get to a, a story, uh, my favorite story about Jesus showing grace, he did it a whole bunch throughout the Gospels, but this one is my favorite. It's Zacchaeus the tax collector, and I'm reading out of my NIV <sighs> translation. <laughs> uh, okay, it starts, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree so that he could see Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, 
He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost, not what was religious. I added that last part. So, grace is this alien and contradictory gift than what the world would have us give. Society says that those who, uh, those who are uh, different we should fear or look down our noses at those who we, who we think are unworthy of our time and attention. For those notorious sinners, well, they've made their bed, so now they have to lie in it. But these are the exact kind of people we should be showing grace to. The Apostle Paul also, also talks about grace, and in Ephesians 4, he frames it in an amazing way. In 4.8, he quotes Psalm 68.18, saying, When he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. But something's going on here. Because when we look back to Psalm 68:18, it actually says, You ascended the high mount, leading captives in your train, and receiving gifts from people. So what's going on here? Well, Paul is playing on the psalm. He's showing how Jesus is flipping the old order on its head in order to usher in the kingdom of God. The psalm is describing the conquering king's return. He would parade, parade through the city with his captives in tow to demonstrate his power. The Old Testament king demanded and received gifts that people would then lavish upon him. The New Testament king is different. The New Testament king instead frees captives and gives gifts like grace to the people in his city. And that's Jesus. He flips the old order of things on its head to show us what the kingdom is. Christians are called to continue building God's kingdom on earth by becoming more like Christ. Believers can and are to extend the unearned grace that was freely given to us. The fact that believers were offered this grace should create humility among the church. Uh, among the church as it reminds believers that Christ came to offer grace when humanity was at its most broken. I think what is that famous verse Romans 5 8. Uh, therefore it is a unif it's a unifying factor that one extend when one extends grace they're identifying with the brokenness they each share. But you know we also need to talk about the abuse of grace. Uh, a man by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who many evangelicals consider a martyr for the Christian faith, talked about the abuse of, gra of grace by calling it cheap grace. You know, grace can be abused. No doubt there are people outside the church that abuse the grace extended by those who go to church. And then we got to know maybe when to walk away from those kinds of people. But chances are it's not going to 
be abused by the person that you just met for the first time. Just like the person that came in the church, the girl that came in the church with all the tattoos and the dress that uh, you know I didn't approve of, she wasn't going to abuse my grace. But for Bonhoeffer, the abuse of grace, or cheap grace as he calls it, it's worse when it's done by the church. In fact, Bonhoeffer says that cheap grace is the mortal enemy of the church. That's pretty serious. But what is the abuse of grace by the church? What exactly is cheap grace? Cheap grace is something like saying, Jesus is my Savior, but not my Lord. Meaning people use grace for salvation, but then they don't live in a way that reflects gratitude for that faith or and salvation. It's saying that my sins are covered by grace now, so I can just go out and keep doing whatever I want. Cheap grace allows a person to step into faith, into salvation, but it doesn't propel the believer to become more like Christ. In the words of Bonhoeffer, Cheap grace is the grace we give to ourselves. It's not the grace that God gives us. It preaches forgiveness, but not repentance. Real grace is something that Bonhoeffer calls costly grace because it, it causes a person to give something up, mainly ourselves. It's an invitation to follow Jesus as a disciple. Discipleship, Jesus says you got to count the cost. Real grace moves us forward in our faith and resemblance to Christ, when extended to, especially when extended to those who need it. It then allows those who need the grace to step forward into faith. Cheap, but cheap grace keeps us where we're comfortable. We allow it for salvation and to feel good, but it doesn't move us any closer to Christ after that. Since it just stagnates, cheap grace doesn't allow others outside the church to step into faith because it's empty and it's very uninviting, just like the grace that I showed to that woman. Um, these are kind of some intense words, especially by Bonhoeffer, uh, and they're probably intense convictions for some people to hear but one thing to understand about Bonhoeffer was that he was a German pastor living through uh, Nazi-era Germany who was very much opposed to the Nazi party. In fact, I believe he was involved in a plot to kill Hitler. Uh, anyway, throughout his ministry, he watched as many Protestant churches embraced a nationalistic religion that actually promoted the Nazi party and then the church the Protestant churches and the national religion was called the Reich Church I, I think that was the name of it if I did my research correctly the church abandoned real grace the grace that propels some people into deeper relationship with Christ in favor of a grace that's shallow and comfortable and that turns up its nose and it wrecked Germany uh, in that time anyways uh, if 1930s Germany heeded Bonhoeffer's words about cheap grace perhaps the Nazi movement would have stalled out at the very least the Nazi party probably would have 
received a lot more resistance from Germany's own citizens. Hoofte, as Scandinavians would say. So what about grace now? Is there that kind of nationalistic Christianity that we see today? Is there a recurrence of cheap grace? Probably, I think this is something that the church is going to struggle with until Jesus comes back. Uh, we've seen some nationalistic Christianity that is devoid of costly grace here in the United States recently, um, especially you know churches that make worship songs about making America great again. But you know where there is cheap grace, there's also costly grace, or what I like to call real grace. And I think that we need to look for those churches. We need to elevate those churches. And certainly we need to understand what real grace is. And we should be extending real grace because it is by grace that we've been saved. All right. So I think I covered what I wanted to cover. This is a short podcast tonight because I've got a lot of schoolwork. And speaking of schoolwork, I'm going to limit the amount of podcasts I have until I get into some kind of flow. So next month in September, probably around the middle of September, I'm going to release one podcast for that month uh, about worship music. And then in October, I think I'm going to have my wife back on the show And we're going to talk about the ever-so-cheerful subject of death. I hope you liked this podcast episode tonight. I had a good time writing it. And I hope everyone has a good week. And God bless. Attention, Earthlings. We were going to come and make contact to your planet. But then we discovered you like this food product called... Miracle Whip. That is probably the most disgusting thing that we have ever seen. So we're just gonna go off somewhere else in search for intelligent life. Toodaloo.